It's good to be together, isn't it? Many of us would have just had about two weeks apart, and we've been pining for each other, I know. Um, <laughs> it is good to be, it is so good to be together again. I said this earlier, um, I feel so encouraged to be with my church family again. Having, you know, we've only been away for two weeks, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, truthfully, probably in my heart, I've been pining <laughs> after this, and it's just, it's wonderful. It's so good to be together um, I've said that, I've said that three times already in the last 30 seconds, but hopefully you will have uh, <laughs> understood uh, how I feel about us being here uh, and sharing this moment. For those of you who are with us online, so great that you've connected with us. As Paul said, we are starting our, uh, extending our break, if you like. We were working through the book of Acts, then we had our Christmas series. Now we're just having three weeks looking at life together um, as we gear up towards our um, life groups being launched, first time term of 2022 uh, being launched uh, later this month, on 23rd of this month. And so we, we wanted to look at these elements of what it means to do life together as a family. So that this week it's as a family, next week united, the week after as a body. Uh, but this week, we're going to be looking at life together as a family. I wonder, um, many of you who will have had a bit of time off, or you know, most of these movies are on in the evening anyway, so unless you work shifts, I'm assuming most of you will have been able to catch up on some kind of Christmas movie experience. Hands up if you've seen the um, Home Alone movie. Oh, there's, a, there's a few of them. Okay, there's, there's a majority. I, I can't see your hands online. I'm assuming there's a majority there as well. For those that are unfamiliar with Home Alone, um, basically a young boy called Kevin, uh, he grows up in a family where materialistically he's, he's got everything he needs. Um, his house is well equipped, his parents have enough money, he, he doesn't really want for much. And um, gearing up towards Christmas, they decide to escape the cold weather and go on holiday. And poor old Kevin is left behind. No! Kevin isn't a 30-year-old, he's a 10-year-old, so this isn't, you know, this isn't, there's safeguarding issues here. Um, <laughs> Kevin is at 10 or so, and he's at home alone. His, fa his family have gone. And as he overcomes the initial uh, fear, he comes to decide, actually, I've got this whole house to myself. I can do anything. I want in my house, it's my house, I can eat anything I want, I can watch anything I want, and, um, and he has a way out of a time, basically. I won't spoil any more of the story if you haven't seen it, I know the majority have, uh, but various things go on, and as you go through the film, what you come to realise is Kevin, it, it turns out, actually, as you go through, it becomes apparent Kevin misses his family, and his family, you know, they'd be annoying, everyone grows up in a family, someone's annoying, you've got irritating siblings or something, or um, a mum who dotes on you too much, or something like that. Uh, but he comes to realise, actually, you know, I, I like being with family. And uh, while we're looking at family this week, actually, even that word, uh, for many of us in the room, has different meanings. When we say family, synonymously with family for, um, for some of us will be different descriptive words because of our experiences before, because of our upbringing and so for you when you think of family you might think of 
beautiful smelling roses. Uh, you might think of kindness and love and all things wonderful. For some of us in a room, actually, we might think of things like temperamental, um, uh, distant. Uh, you might think unreliable or absent. And then for some of us in the room, for you, when we talk about the word family, you think of words like um, betrayal, fear, uh, abuse, pain, uh, and things like this. So, for, so the word family is a loaded word, and it means different things for many of us. Um, and we'll all appreciate, actually, every single one of us does come from a family, but all of those families, no matter how great they were, are of varying degrees of imperfect. Uh, they're imperfect because you're part of it. Uh, no offense. They're imperfect not just because you're part of it. We're all, you know, none of us are perfect. And so the families we come from don't look as perhaps we could dream of them looking. And my, my question to you this morning is just for a moment, why don't you with the people that you came with or the person next to you, turn and have a chat with them, a brief conversation with them. What would family look like in its most beautiful, glorious ideal? Uh, what are some describing words that describe family at its most beautiful? You have a few moments. Talk with the people next to you. Brilliant. Well, why, why don't... Um, we we'll try not to spread any COVID germs, but why don't we take a moment just to shout out some of those descriptive words that for you describe this beautiful, amazing family. Uh, why don't you shout some out? What does that look like? Caring. Caring. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Any more? Caring, Caring and sharing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. A family that shares together. Understanding, yeah, yeah, come on. Any more? Loving, Loving. yeah. Accepting. Accepting. Supportive. Supportive. Kind. Kind. Patient. Patient. We could go on. We have, we do, all of us understand, though our experience isn't perfect, we understand that families should, should, should hopefully look something like that. All of the words that we've just described. And actually, as I said, we'll all understand that that's very often not the case for many of us in our experiences. Hopefully for some of us it was, it was good. Um, but as we read the Bible, we find the same stuff. Um, and Jesus, when he comes along, he says in, uh, in Matthew chapter 12, it says in verses 46 to 50, while he was still speaking to the people, Jesus was speaking to the people, Behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hands towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. And some of these uh, words and verses will be very familiar to us. But I want to I, I want to suggest to you this morning, this should this should be a bit of a mind blown moment, because Jesus is describing an entirely different model of family. He's not shunning his mum. He's not being disrespectful. He's not being out of order. 
uh, he's, he's not being dishonouring to them. In fact, the way he communicates about his family and, and, and to his family are very honourable if you go on and read through the Gospels. But Jesus is saying something different about what family is. Most of us, we think of family, we think biological relations, mum, dad, grandma, granddad, uh, brothers and sisters and things like that. Jesus says, no, I'll tell you who your brothers and sisters are. They're, they're those who love God. Your brothers and sisters are those who do the will of the Father who is in heaven. Your brothers and sisters are those who follow Jesus. And so look around for a moment. Look, just, just look at one another for a moment. That's your family. That's, I know we're all weird and wonderful, aren't we? That's, that is your family. I'm not shunning any biological family, and if your biological family are Christians, wonderful, they're part of it. That's family. You want to know what family is? Jesus is saying, this is Jesus' opinion, <laughs> he's got the right opinion, this is family. So friends, you are family together. You're family. That's, that's, that, that, this is what family looks like. It's bigger than our biological family. It's more welcoming hopefully, most of the time. It's more ethnically and socially diverse. Wow, come on, isn't that beautiful? It's more beautiful, it's more generous. And actually, quite a lot of the time, it's harder to do. So perhaps, uh, when you're like me, you know, we're looking, gearing up towards life groups. Life groups are starting the 23rd of January. Uh, but thinking about life groups, perhaps you're, perhaps you're one of those who, you, you, life group evening comes along and you're skipping around the kitchen going, yes, yes, it's life group evening. Um, I know many of you do that, it's okay. It's a, you're allowed to respond like that. Maybe some of you, when life group evening comes, you think, oh gosh, I'm actually the most extroverted person in the room, but I feel like tonight I'm an introvert. Actually, I should probably be by, by, by myself tonight. I really need my own space. You know, some of it, we go through these emotions. Why? Well, God's not naive. Family sometimes isn't easy. It's not always easy. And it's not easy because we grow up in a culture uh, that, that really, really shapes us, which is why it's so important to give ourselves to this, because this helps reorientate our worldview, the way we see things. But we grow up in, it. We grow up in cultures with voices speaking into us, from media, social media, all sorts of other platforms that influence us. And we grow up and we, 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 we end up living life with varying degrees of prejudice. We do. Because we're shaped by the culture that we live in. And so we have prejudices towards those who are of a different social class. Or we have prejudices towards those who come from a different culture. That, that, that's different to mine. I prefer mine. I'm familiar with mine. Or we come from a culture which says, well, you know, we don't get on with that nation or those people. And friends, family is difficult because we all grow up in a culture with various voices that influence us in certain ways. It is for that reason that um, many of the apostles, the, the early disciples, followers of Jesus, wrote letters to the churches, the early churches, groups of Christians, uh, recorded in here, um, and they help these early Christians work out, well, you're, yeah, your family, so this is what it looks like. So this is what it should look like. And, and Paul does that in the book of Colossians, 
Paul writes to a group of Christians in Colossae, a young church, and in chapter three, he says to them, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. He goes on to say, and above all these things, put on love. Ephesians chapter five says, do not get drunk on wine. For that leads to debauchery. You end up regretting it. You do stuff that you're not, in, you're not in control. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks with everything to God. These are together verses, aren't they? Paul couldn't have written this to a bunch of people who never saw each other. And when we think of family, we don't think of the lone ranger who, you know, the, the picture of an isolated person with no one else around them. When we think of family, that's plural. There's, 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 there's more to it than just an individual. These are together verses. They're about us as we, as we are together, how we are to behave. That's why the Apostle Paul wanted to instruct, this is how you should be together. But more than that, if you had your mind blown earlier, which, mind's blown earlier, which hopefully you will have done slightly, well, Jesus says... Jesus' prayer to the Father in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, famous prayer. This is all, the whole chapter is Jesus praying. And he says three times in these verses, he says, let them be one. He's praying for his disciples and he, and he prays in this prayer for the disciples that will come to a knowledge of God because of these disciples. So that's you and me. And he prays for them that we would be one. He prays for us. Brothers and sisters, he prays for us that we would be one as he is one with the Father. Three times he says this, let them be one as you, Father, are one with me. Those words, that's astounding. That is, that's extraordinary. I hope your minds are blown because when I, when I, when I came across this, it's not a new verse, but I just thought, hold on a minute. Jesus' desire, Jesus', is, Jesus is, his, his greatest desire for his people, for the people he laid down his life for, when he prays to the Father, is that we would be one like Jesus is one with the Father. That's amazing. That is mind blown. Jesus doesn't occasionally FaceTime the Father. He doesn't occasionally zoom in because you know, it's about time they caught up with one another. It's not like that. They don't occasionally hang out. Jesus prays that we, brothers and sisters, you and me, you're my brothers and sisters, that we would be one, like Jesus is one with the Father. That's amazing. That's that's, that is absolutely phenomenal. There's a oneness. Oneness means unity. Oneness means togetherness. Oneness means we, 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 we do do life with each other. Oneness means we're with each other. Wow. God's desire for us is that we would be one, like he is one with the Father. So how do we get there then? Because we've already established that for many reasons, actually, sometimes it's just difficult. And we get there the, the, the answer is Jesus. The answer is coming to him and saying, Lord, you've welcomed me. You've welcomed me, a sinner, into your family. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And if you've welcomed me, I can welcome this person next to me who you welcome too. And we come to him and we say, Lord, help us. I come to him and I say, God, help me. When I'm, when I'm not feeling hospitable, when I'm not feeling generous, when I'm not feeling welcoming, I say, oh God, Lord, you welcomed me. You welcomed me. You could have cast me off, but you don't. You, you draw me in. And we get to come to him and say, oh Lord, I'm, we're not always very good at this. Please help me. Please help me by your Holy Spirit. Empower me to be those words that we described earlier that, that create that beautiful family, to be encouraging, to be committed, to be, um, to, to, to be affirming, to be a safe place for my other brothers and sisters, to be kind, to be generous. As we do that, the Holy Spirit transforms us. The Bible tells us that. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit transforms you from one degree of glory to another. He sanctifies you. He makes you more like Jesus. That is what he does. And as we come to him, he enlarges our heart. The, the outworking of us coming to him is he will make you more encouraging. He will make you more welcoming. He does that in our hearts. I'm not perfect. I'm not good at all of this yet. I'm with you. We're all together in this. But he invites us. He invites us and he says, I want to empower you to do this. So how do we do that? Let's come to him so that, friends, we would get good at doing family together in all of our diversity Jesus laid his life down, not for a group of individuals that would stay at home and keep their doors closed and never venture out. I'm not making a reflection on the pandemic and how people are integrating with people at the moment. I know it's very difficult. And if you're at home, there's no criticism. We live in difficult times. But what I want to help us understand is Jesus died for a, 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 a people for people, for, for individuals, that they would be one. That they would, there's something very, very beautiful about what Jesus has done. When he laid his life down on the cross, when he was nailed to a cross, his, his, his desire was to bring many, many people, many, many different people, different people like you and me in this room, together, under him. That is glorious. That is beautiful. And not so that we would occasionally or maybe even just sporadically meet up with one another, but that we would live lives alongside each other, that we, there was a devotion to one another. We are part of the truest and most extraordinary and beautiful expression of family on the face of the earth. Did you know that? That's really cool, isn't it? We are, if you, because of Jesus. We are part of the most beautiful, most extraordinary display of family that there ever is and ever will be on the face of the whole earth because of Jesus. And so friends, here we want to encourage a oneness. I want to I help us encourage. I'm not perfect at this, but I want us to grow in this, a oneness, that we would be one as Jesus is one with the Father, that we would devote ourselves to one another, that we would be together. How do we do that? Here at Life Church, we do that in life groups. 20 minutes on a Sunday after the preach to socialise is not enough, by the way. <laughs> it's not enough. And how do we do that then? Well, we do that in life groups, a variety of different life groups that help us in our variety as we are diverse, engage in community in various different ways that are really good for us, ways that are fun, engaging, 
there's a whole different variety of life groups that we end up having each term so that we can engage together and be one together. And friends, I want to encourage us to engage with this. We, 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 it, is so, it is so glorious and awesome what God has done among us. Do you see that? It's really, really cool. Thank God for what he's done among us. Friends, let's keep pressing into this because Jesus has prayed for us that we would be one. He has prayed for us, that he has prayed for you that you would be one together like he is with the Father. If there's an incentive, if there's ever an incentive, there it is. Jesus prays for us that we would be one. And so let's engage with this community, family, life together as a family. Why don't you stand and I'm going to invite us to pray. I'm not praying over you, for you. This is something we are engaging in together. I'd love us to pray. So why don't you pray with me? Father, we want to engage with this. You have called us to be one, Lord Jesus. We have examples of what that looks like through, uh, through, through Scripture, that we love one another, that we bear with one another, encourage one another, sing spiritual songs, psalms and hymns, encouraging one another, building each other up. But Jesus, we want to be one because you've called us to be one like you are with the Father. That's awesome. Lord Jesus, I pray, oh Lord, that you would help us do this together at Life Church. Lord, give us grace and patience and, 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 and love for one another, kindness, safety, security, encouragement. Lord, that your people, your family, my brothers and sisters here, along with me, would be built up together as we engage in community and life groups together. Lord Jesus, we want to grow in this. We love you, Lord Jesus. You, 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 you gave up your life to bring us into your family. And because we, we want to honour you, Lord, we want to do that well. We love you, Lord Jesus. Be glorified through us as we engage in this at Life Church. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you, friends. Please take your seats.